unhappiest in the saddle. <laughs> a fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble, or should I say Recent Ramble. I am Charlie McGee. I am George McGee. And of course, we call them Recent Rambles because rather than going back to the films of our youth, which is the purpose of our Retro Ramble podcast, this is where George and I take a look at a film of today. Isn't that right, George? That is correct, brother. And so similar rules apply in that we will try and bring our wit and our bad impressions But the fact is we are still watching the same sort of films that we watched when we were younger. We just don't have as many memories about them. And this time we are going to be taking a look at 2021's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Release techno. So um, for those of you who listen to our usual podcast, you may recall that back, way back in episode 46, we covered, is it 1995, George? It is, indeed. Yeah, the 1995 uh, classic, one of the best, I think, video game to movie films there is, and because back then there was a lot of really bad ones. And then um, there's still, there've been a lot of bad ones since as well. And they're still making bad ones. So, mm. um, but it stood out. We had a lot of fun going back to that, and I think we'll refer to that today. But yeah, today we are talking about a film that's just come out recently. If you're listening to this now, it's early summer 2021. George, should we, I guess we should probably give some form of disclaimer uh, because there will be, we're going to not spoil this, but we are going to be talking about pretty much what's in the trailer. We're going to be talking about what we feel about it. So if people don't want to know anything, they should probably pause the podcast and come back later, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, unlike our usual retro ramble episodes, we're not going to go into such heavy detail because it is a new film. We, we, We do try and avoid spoilers wherever possible. However, I would, well, I think we would both sort of recommend if you haven't seen the film, go go and watch the film. It's available to, you know, to download on, you know, uh, premium rentals or, you, or get to your local cinema if you can and come back. But, um, we, you know, we don't reveal any massive spoilers, but we do go into some detail on the film. Yeah, I say, as Charlie says, you know, it, it'll be the usual sort of retro ramble treatment of we'll, we'll share our thoughts, we'll share a bit of production background, uh, but it won't be as detailed. So it's a shorter episode this time around. Yeah, we we weren't able to watch this on the couch with Glenn Dillings. We just streamed this, bought this, watched it on Apple, whatever. Um, and Frustrating, really. We weren't uh, even able, obviously, because of Charlie and I are in different countries, we weren't uh, able to see this together. And I think we would have, in normal pre-pandemic situations, it was one of those films that we would have made an effort to watch together. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So yeah, here it is, our thoughts on Mortal Kombat 2021. Uh, enjoy the show. Enjoy. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. Got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target has superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. 
not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kung Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, Fucking beauty. So, uh, Joe, I mean, I, I normally ask at this point in our normal episodes, I ask, you know, how did we get this film back way back when? But this is this is 2021. I guess this film was probably put together pre-pandemic or was it during? I don't know if you can answer that question. It's actually had quite a lengthy uh, production background. So, because we did talk about it on our Mortal Kombat 1995 episode so that was about a year, roughly about a year ago i think it was around maybe january february last year uh, 2020 we recorded that episode um so if you haven't listened to it check it out uh, we had a lot of fun with it but yeah so as we talked in our suspicious spin-offs section of mortal kombat 1995 there's been loads of spin-offs and uh web series, TV series, uh, animated features. So that, there's been so much extra. There's, you know, it, it, the Mortal Kombat is, it's a proper franchise. The games have c- continued to be churned out, you know, over 30 plus years. So obviously there was the Mortal Kombat 1995. Uh, there was the dreadful Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which was 1997. And apparently there was plans to make a third film, but then they saw the, the audience and critical reception to Annihilation and that was shelved. But then there was always rumors and attempts to make a, either a third Mortal Kombat film or a rebooted, but then there was, as I say, web series and things like that. I think it was Mortal Kombat Legacy that I haven't seen. So it has kind of gone through various different iterations. And I think this latest reboot, which is produced by James Wan, who is the sort of genius producer, director behind the Conjuring series and Sinister and all those sort of like horror shared universes. Um, he's he's a, a bit of a sort of a go-to guy at Warner Brothers, you know, the same way uh, John Favreau is at Disney. James Wan is one of their sort of key creative minds and, you know, oversees a few different projects. He was also, uh, I think James Wan did the Aquaman movie as well. So he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. So he produces it. 
but it's a new director, a bit like Paul W.S. Anderson was uh, for Mortal Kombat 95. Um, his background, uh, Simon McCoy, is in TV commercials. So, you know, as many people have started, so Ridley and Tony Scott, Michael Bay, um, you know, there's quite a few people have started their, their background in commercials. Um, but I think it's been in rough production for about at least five years. That makes sense to me because you see, obviously, one of the main characters is the guy from um, what's. It's not from the. He is in the raid, isn't he? He's, he's in uh, the, the first raid. Joe Taslim is in the first Joe raid Taslim. movie. Brilliant, and he's in the the other one. Is it the night comes for us? That's that is a fantastic film that more people need to see. It's on Netflix. If you like your your, your brutalities, mus- <laughs> your, uh, it's probably one of the goriest action films I've ever seen. It's like it's borderline horror movie type of gore but it's a kung fu action film but i think it kind of lets you know it sorts you out in the first five minutes it's like this is what you've come to expect but um, it's very stabby yeah stab stab you thought you could stab your problems away (laughs) um so i think you can't talk about uh it it always comes back to the game i think you can't you can't talk about we, we talked about you know uh the, when we covered the 1995 film, we have a lot of fond memories of that. But that film came into production because of the bombastic arrival of this game. And I think that's why it's become the franchise that it is, because it landed with such a punch, pun intended, that there were these fatalities, that it was breaking all the rules when it arrived. I can remember, I think I was, I've talked about this in the episode, I'll repeat myself again, but... You know, I was very much target. I was 13 years old or something when the, when, the, when the games came out and one of our friends had it. We were over there for a birthday party, like you'd imagine a VHS thing. And the parents all had to have a chat to say they were okay for people to play on it and stuff. And yeah, I think, I think it made such an impact. I think that's why we have the franchise still today because it's like, it's Mortal Kombat. It's the fatalities, it's the special moves. It's the, it's breaking that, that whole thing that we, the, the cartoon aspect of Street Fighter and Virtua Fighter and all these other, and Tekken, that they are, that it was like the one, the one game that went to, that sort of bridged the gap between violent action movies of the, of the era before, uh, rather than making it all cartoon-esque. So, and it's because of the game that we've got, this film 2021 because the game is where it is today can you shed some light on that george because they are i'd say that a lot of the reason behind this film is the fact that it's still such a relevant franchise today in the gaming world yeah it's, it's weird to think that the the, the original film night night five film i think by that point there'd only been two mortal kombat 2 had been out for a few years i don't think the third one had even come out at that point might, it might have done after the movie but i think in between annihilation and mortal kombat um, so it's interesting that, yeah, pretty much 25 years later, there's, you know, we're now up to Mortal Kombat then, 11. Well, it's kind which, of 12 now, because it's like they've, they just updated 11 from last year with some more DLC, haven't they? Yeah, so both, both you and I, I mean, you are a, a much bigger gamer than I am, um, but I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 recently, and I, I'm, I'm playing story mode, and I'm like, what's going on? I have no idea what's going on, but I'm really enjoying it. The visuals are amazing. Like, um, when I was playing it, my wife walked in and was like, are you playing a game or is this a film? I was like, no, no, it's a game. It's just really shit hot graphics. Is this a horror film? Are you watching yeah. some gore porn? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, but to think there's been so much mythology, I say there's been comics, there's been, there's been so many characters introduced in that 20-year period. So, but yeah, the, the 
the the games have had a bit of a dip and I think it's safe to say we haven't played every single Mortal Kombat game. We played the first three games quite religiously. Then when the new sort of PlayStation, you know, consoles came out, we played a lot of Tekken. Um, and then it's kind of sort of came back in the sort of mid late noughties. Is that safe to say like Mortal Kombat 9 are we saying? Is that when I it was- kind of found its mojo again? Yeah, I mean, I was, it, it snuck up. I think I, I obviously knew of, his, of its existence, um, but when you saw it getting referenced in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, yes. so that was like 2008, 2009, and the, the, you've got, you know, is it Seth? Uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and uh, Paul, the guy who never gets old. Paul Rudd, he's very Paul dreamy. Rudd. Um, then playing that and having this brilliant I know you're gay because you listen to Coldplay it's a very mm. funny scene but it was like wow it's so cinematic and it had really come back and I think I was like I have to play this game again I really need to check it out because I think part of you thinks can you grow out of a fighting game now that you haven't got your mates next to you on the sofa you know you're playing strangers online and they found ways to, to keep it interesting and they have massively beefed up the story and there's all of these these characters and this you know if you've played the games you know these stories and i think that's why you probably if you're seriously into these games and you are aware of the the, the whole universe that's been built around a lot this this film that's come out will, will probably make um a lot, a lot more sense but they do do some new things so I think before we um, before we go into any more detail, is is there anything else you want to talk about on the production side of things, George? Um, I mean, yeah. In, in terms of, it's a very it's it's an interesting approach because it's um, I'd say it's probably uh, I I'm trying to see uh, let's see if I've got the details of its rough budget because it'll be interesting to see i think it's a fairly low budget in all honesty i'm seeing if it it says here according to wikipedia 55 million uh budget which which in standards if you think the average summer blockbuster is minimum these days 200 million um that is a very cheap movie and you rarely get films of that budget anymore it's either a very very low budget or 100 million plus um and i think it's quite evident because of the cast um i I think think that's the only thing that that shows up there is we i think there's there's some there are some actors we know from our from our love of of the genre itself but there's a lot that a lot of people won't know anyone in this film yeah, there's there's no real stars to speak of, and even you know think of back to the the original 1995 film. You know, Christoph Lambert was your biggest star. It wasn't he wasn't on the poster. It was all about the game as the as the you know that IP as the recognition. And it's the same in this that it's everyone knows what Mortal Kombat is, so you don't really need to sell it on its on its actors. But they have picked wisely by picking you know fan favorites like Joe Taslim, who is a brilliant martial artist. And again, it's very, it's very much history repeating itself. It's a very unknown cast. It's an unknown director. So yeah, they're, they're, it's, I think it was all filmed in Australia. And I think that's a lot of the cast Australian uh, by Orange. I, I was definitely getting hints uh, of Liu Kang's Australian accent coming through, even though I don't think he is a native Australian. I think he spent a lot of time in Australia. And because, yeah, you've softly got... spoken. It's very, well, that was one of my issues about, uh, we'll get into it, but I don't know if I mentioned it in, in the main review. I've, I think Lucam, I found him quite softly spoken and maybe a bit too camp and not very, I mean, maybe I'm just used to Lucam being the strong Badass. leader. 
and, and having amazing hair. And if you want to listen to his wax lyrical about the actor who played Liu Kang in the night mm-hmm. and how ripped he is, because that's what the thing is. He's, I think how this guy got the role is like, okay, so you, are you in Australia? Yeah, I'm in Australia. Mm-hmm. Are you seriously ripped and Asian? He's like, okay, you can play yeah. the role. So, yeah, I mean, as I say, it's, it's uh, an Australian production. Um, and I think there's lots of, the same in the UK, there's lots of filming incentives uh, to, to film in, in Australia. So that's why uh, quite a few people do it. And there are plans, there's, you know, uh, to turn this into, you know, a uh, a, a proper franchise. Um, Joe Taslim has revealed that he signed up for four movies. Brilliant. Um, he would love to do a, a prequel exploring Sub Zero's origins, and uh, you know, each character has got so much history. So there is a lot of potential for them to go different places. But yeah, obviously, we can talk about our thoughts on on the film when we get into uh, the main review. Yeah, well, do you want to dive into it now? Yeah, let's dive into it. Okay. So, George, uh, we're just coming off the production chat. I think it's probably a good place to talk about our friend. Uh, I think it's Hiroyuki Sanada. I forgot his name earlier, but he is our he is our man. This is, I think, what's he called, Hanso in this in this film. But it starts off. He's just trying to make a nice life. He's got servants. He's got guards. Nothing to read into there. And then, all for no, for some unknown reason, there's this 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 man turns up to ruin his life. But it's a great opening scene. No, it's, it's a fantastic opening. And yeah, as, as you say, it, it really draws you in. It's beautifully shot. I think this is some of the best cinematography and some of the best fighting, I would say. I think it's, it's, it's probably the, one of the film's biggest strengths is this opening sort of 10, 15 minutes. I think you've got to you've got to understand where this film lies. You know, in terms of we've been spoiled with the there's the John Wick type violence in action films. We've had the the glossy family friendly Marvel sort of things, and I think this, this somehow sits in the middle because there's a bit of mystery. Obviously, fans will know exactly who these two are, uh, but to anybody else watching this film, it's like, hey, there's just some guy who's like pretty well skilled in martial arts getting beaten up with a guy who's got magic ice hands. But I think the I don't know, I just, this for me was like Crouching Tiger turned up to 11 with more combat thrown in. I was just immediately hooked. And I think all of the fans, I think any fan would be in watching this film. It's just such a great opening fight. Not the CGI is not too present because we know that they're using CGI a lot more in fights, but it's not too heavy. It's quite funny though. You can see that Warner Brothers had, uh, could see its strength as well because they released the first seven minutes of the film free to watch on on YouTube and it's run up to release. So just to get people excited, and it's obviously like, you're enjoying this, then watch the rest of the movie. So yeah, you know, it's, it, it's a fantastic start. I say Joe Taslam and Hiro... Hiro Yuki Sanada. Sanaga is... Um, yeah, they're, they're both great actors. Um, obviously, Joe Taslam's an amazing martial artist as well. So it's a very strong star. And yeah, even if you... My knowledge of the Mortal Kombat lore isn't great. I've just started playing MK11 and I'm, I'm, I'm playing catch-up. But even if you have the like, slightest knowledge of Mortal Kombat, you know it. it's that rivalry between Sub-Zero and Scorpion has always been a recurring theme throughout the games. 
Well, yeah, and in the more recent, the MK11, he's introduced as his name. It's like his, the fact he's a ninja and stuff like that. And that was not present when we were playing the games when we were younger. But I just love the way it sets. This beautiful woodland setting. That's why it feels very crouching tiger. It's like ancient Japan. You've got this thing going on where, you know, Sub-Zero's talking Chinese. And he's well, like, I, was gonna say, I, that I was don't really- understand you, but I know you're an enemy. And it's like this brilliant things like martial arts or fighting is the language that, you know, you don't need language to, to understand a foe is an attack is incoming. No, that was a, it was a point I was going to raise. It's a very minor point, but it's a real bugbear in so many films where people will be talking in a language and you might get subtitles or you the worst bugbears when people are talking in english to each other when they would just be talking in their native language like those yeah. war films where all the nazis are talking english to each other because they're worried people won't watch the film with subtitles exactly and that's why i love that attention to detail of this guy speaking in chinese this guy speaking in spanish and it helps deepen that they're from different tribes. They're from different clans, or what what have you. But I thought it was, it was a very simple touch that I think uh, more films should make the effort to do. It is a weird choice to go for the garden trowel, though. For me, anyway, I'm not going to go go, go go with what's handy. Go with, go. With um, but no, it's it's a it's a very strong opening scene, and I think it's uh, it, it it could it could be revisited. Uh, late, later on it can be it's so far back and then we we jump forward to present day mm-hmm. it's uh, the latest Joe what's his name MMA fighter yeah 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 MMA UFC it's like what's the low what's the common denominator for martial arts it's like I just remember the do you remember in the 90s when guys were doing the splits no it's it's MMA and I think it's good that kind of like James Bond like what's what's current yeah you know, I got a bit of a feel for that I kind of liked him. Then you're kind of wondering, okay, so it's it's taking a lot from the first film. There's going to be an introduction of characters. It was interesting. The there's, there's, a, there's a lot of exposition, and I think that's, that's the problem with this because adapting the game, and, uh, the, and it's a bigger problem for this film than it is the 1995 film because there's now 30 years of, yeah. of backstory to deal with and characters rather than when the 1995 film came out, I think Mortal Kombat 2 might have come out, so you might have had maybe 12 characters. Yeah. <laughs> and now I think there's approximately 80. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's a lot of stuff to cover, and I can understand why they've distilled it down, and you've, you've got talking about the nether realm, and you've got to have that Sonya and Jax doing the exposition. And and apparently, like, the the... the it has been picked up like uh, I was reading an interview with Simon McCoy and they're saying, why have you created this? You've got so many characters to pick from. Why have you created this new, is he called Cole Tan? Why have you, why have you created this new MMA character? And he's like, well, each iteration gets some new characters. It's a Mortal Kombat tradition. We, we felt that we wanted a new audience to be, you know, as a way to bring new audiences to the story. So, you know, it's seeing it through, through his eyes. And that's the, that's the challenge again with this this film is that you're going to have the diehard fans who know everything, but you also need to make it appealing to to Joe public. Well, for me, it keeps the film serious because we, you and I, know enough about this franchise that I was like, 
So is he going to become Scorpion? Is he going to... So it keeps you guessing right yeah. until the end, and we're not going to spoil anything here. I think it's handled very well, and there's this definite payoff. I think, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about this film's highlights, you know, why you need to watch this film, because you've never seen Mortal Kombat represented like this on the big screen. We've got all of the, the graphical processing that's been learned from the, the uh, you know, the recent Marvel films, all that technology shared, and the CGI in this, for the most part, is top-notch. And just like the recent games, they know who they're catering to. They do not hold back. And we get to see, we finally get to see the fatalities and the brutalities that, that we love that are so, you know, freakishly gorish that shock you in the game. You get that in this film in parts and it's not overused. So that's, that's the good. I think, you know, just to touch a little bit on the not so good parts is maybe you could blame other films that have come out in the last few years, this need to, uh, to maybe try and build a longer story to think of a franchise is the fact that they that, that they can't just jump in. You know, they could have made one, complete film bringing in the entire Mortal Kombat story but a lot of it is kept they're like no there's enough let's make a let's make a can what's the word I'm looking for is it a confined storyline yeah whereas I think it works and but I, I wasn't I wasn't convinced about the tutorial part you know that wasn't in the first film so much the first film was just about them getting on a boat enter the dragon style and getting there wasn't it yeah Oh, no, definitely. And you had they didn't have Chris, to learn to Christoph fight. Lambert and his exposition. Yeah, um, they, they didn't have to find this Ankara or whatever it is, their special weapon. Arcana. Arcana. It would, they, were, they were the finished article, and I liked that. And I thought it was used well in this film. I didn't like the fact they gave the MacGuffin a name. Yeah. You know, I, I think it would have been, they could have said enough by just going, and once again, I don't want to go into too much detail, but what's it called? Is it an Ankara? Arcana. Uh, uh, Oh, kind of, so everyone basically has one of these and it's essentially the special moves and you either know it or you discover it. And I think it was too much focused on that. It's like people, you're watching a fighting computer game turned into a film. Just just give us more of uh, the fighting. Yeah, I think, I think it's... it's a difficult one because, yes, you've got, you've got so many characters, you've got so much mythology and the stuff that works in video games that... Just even though these games are getting, you can't more... go from one fight to another fight. I get, I know, no, but you... the storyline. No, but there's so many fantastical characters and silly stuff. And whilst these games are getting more cinematic, there's certain stuff that just doesn't translate to screen. So you do have to simplify it. You do have to simplify it for for new audiences. And I can see why they've done this Arcana thing. But I agree with you. I've I've got it in my notes. One of the things I didn't like. Is the uh, is the Arcana MacGuffin the fact that okay yes it's fine it makes sense for discovering mythical special powers like you can fire you know use fire you can use ice um, you know things like that but growing metal arms and growing a laser eye is is a mythical power I was just like that's a bit of a stretch yeah they're, they're pushing it out that I, I think there's a more I think what I felt by the time I got to the end of this film, like you have to see this film, you have to go and check it out if you're a fan, but like there was, there would have been a more elegant way to do it. You know, you could have yeah. said that, uh, what I did like about the fact that they've all got the tattoo, that they're just, oh, oh that, what, that dragon on my arm, I was born with that. You have been chosen. Um, uh, but it, it, if you die, whoever kills you will get it. Um, it's, it's, it's like you have been chosen unless you die. I did. I thought that worked well, but I think there, could, there, could, there was a more elegant, elegant way that they could have come because there is this thing 
because of, I would say, these fighting games origins coming from where they do, uh, from comic book, the sort of the manga element. Everyone's got to have a special weapon. You can't just kick and punch. You've got to have a haruken or you've got to have like laser fists or firearms or stealing people's soul. It's got to be something something uh, something else and so that doesn't it's like okay well the film is going to be completely fantastical then you know rather yeah. than they didn't really have to deal with that with street fighter did they they're just like i mean i don't think anyone really had no but it's, it's one of those weird things that the films like the street fighter film just kind of just uh, kind of they talks kind around of that. they try to make it a bit too realistic street fighter yeah and and they kind of do it in the um in the 1995 mortal Kombat. that just all of a sudden at the end, Liu Kang's kicking ass, and then he kind of does this fireball thing because, but kind, it kind, of, make, kind of, it kind of makes sense because he's from the warrior monk sort of tribes. But it is they don't really push it. They're like, we can't, we we can't, yeah. we're not going to be able to sell that nine ninety five today. They're like, it's you've seen Lord of the Rings by now, you've seen Game of the Thrones. This guy's got ice hands. So yeah, I, I think the the things I loved, I, I thought yeah, some great fights and choreography. Um, it's definitely made with a lot of love and respect for for the fans, for uh, a lot of nods to the games. I loved like the the little move, the little bit in the training where Liu Kang's just sweeping the leg. Yeah, and yeah, so little bits there, but yeah, there's it definitely feels like it's lacking the the warmth and charm of the 1995 film. So you had, in the 1995 film, even though woefully miscast and, you know, not cast, casting a, a proper authentic Asian actor, you have Christopher Lambert as, as Lord Raiden. At least he brought a bit of humour and warmth to role. You had Lyndon Ashby, who was brilliant as Johnny Cage. Carrie Tagawa as the amazingly uh, <laughs> menacing and hammy Shang Tsung. And I don't think the guy from The Dark Knight playing Shang Tsung in this is anywhere near effective. I think he's a bit just meh. He looks angry. The problem I have with him, one, he looks angry. Two, he doesn't look very hard. And three, he is not nearly enough interested, like creepily, in Sonya. Like uh, Carrie Sonya Blue. Sonya. Um, I thought it was funny how Jax kept referring to her by a second name. And I was like, he keeps on going, Blade. And I'm like, Wesley? Wesley Snipes is going to jump out of nowhere. He's got Blade, Blade. I thought um, that on the flip side of other characters, I thought um, Kano was definitely the MVP in this film. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And I get the feeling he's um, he's been given that role. And I, I, did he make it his own? Was he meant to be comedy relief? But yeah. Well, I, I read somewhere that the reason that they decided not to include Johnny Cage in this because they felt that it was all like Kano just took up too much of that that role of comic relief. Annoying Sonia. <laughs> and, and, and a big personality, essentially. So it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Well, he's got uh, the best arc in the film. He's got yeah. the best arc. He's got the best lines. He knows everyone and he comes out with his lines. So I think... Um, I, th I think in terms of summarizing this film, I guess this is a 2021, this is what a 2021 video game to film adaptation looks like. The effects are amazing. For the uh, most part, there's there's a little bit of iffy 
uh, VFX. Well, I think without ruining it, I think they finally sort out the reptile thing. I think they give yes. reptiles some justice compared to the 1995 atrocity. A Muppet um, would, would make, you know. One thing we have to talk about, George, even in, the, we were talking about the amazing opening scene earlier, um, set in ancient Japan before Japan's long, long time Fe- ago. Feudal Japan. Feudal Japan, still got techno music or 2021's idea. In all of the fights, it's there. You don't notice that. that oh, no, I, I, I think it's a, a, it's a brilliant uh, soundtrack by Benjamin Wolfish, who was co-composer on Blade Runner 2049 with Hans Zimmer. But it's and, not techno, but it's like the most modern version of techno. No, but he brilliantly weaves in the the techno uh, the techno track that we love so much and that I was willing I was I was ready to write to my MP if they hadn't included it in the new film, um, <laughs> but it's very cleverly woven into the soundtrack. But even in the earlier scenes in ancient Japan, I love it from the offset. It's like Mortal Kombat. It doesn't have the bellowing. It doesn't have somebody shouting Mortal Kombat every ten but, minutes. But, but it does have one of my pet hates, and they kind of—I think they do it in the in the original—and it's almost like the Harry Potter thing that whenever somebody appears on screen, they introduce themselves a full name, like "I am Liu Kang," or "Oh look, it's Kung Lao, my yeah. cousin," and it's like. Oh God! Can we not just and it's because you ha- again you have to introduce these characters, but surely there's a more elegant way of doing it. I think and and oh, I am no longer was he called? Uh, I am now Sub Zero. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we what happened in between? We'll never know. Okay. Yeah. No, I think it's like that thing that we talked about maybe on the podcast. Where it was like, why doesn't nobody ever says goodbye on yeah. a phone call in a film? Because um, from a movie point of view, it's like it's wasted minutes. Just yeah. edited out. Nobody, nobody ever goes to the toilet. Yeah, nobody ever goes to the toilet and they always edit it, they always edit out goodbye. So everyone just hangs up phone calls. Um, and I think it's like that. The, you could say, oh, Lou, yeah, what's that, Lau? Or Kung. Does he call him Kung? <laughs> Cousin. Um, well, yeah, you know, you touched on that uh, earlier in terms of Sub-Zero and his backstory. So it's... I what's think he one, doing? I think <laughs> one of uh, the main gripes about this film is the fact that it's a Mortal Kombat film and there isn't technically a tournament. Um, and again, I think that I think it's a conscious choice of of the filmmakers and writers because it's like it's going to massively impact your storytelling. You've got so many characters to introduce. And then you've got a tournament to go through. So, yes, it's very much setting things up. Yeah, it's, it's merely a portal. Yes, there's obviously teasers in this to introduce other characters. And I thought that was quite funny. Like, a lot of the buddies that they're fighting, I I wasn't very familiar with. I was like, oh, they're just fodder because you want to save the better guys for the sequels. Yeah, I think they've clearly been a bit more confident with this. Or should I say aware in that there's no, there's not a lot of room in today's movie making industry for, you know, one hit wonders. So, so you're going to make a Mortal Kombat film, give us a three. And I'm sure Netflix are like that with series now. Give, what's the, what's the yeah. three, film, what's the three film franchise? Give us a three film franchise. You shits. Um, no, I do, I do get that feeling. So it's like, you could, you couldn't, that's why they stayed away from the facts. Um, that's why more, you know, we're not going to spoil what goes on the, there's not more characters, so we don't get all of them, and they could have taken half of that and had a very concise film, but they're, they're drip-feeding us, you know? And, um, yeah, I'm going to go watch the next one. Look at it that way. Job done, you know? From that, from that perspective, I'm, I'm, I want to see the next film. And I'd, I'd happily watch this again. I mean, I, I think um, 
it's I don't think I think it's on par with the 1995 film I mean obviously I have a bit of a lot of nostalgia for the 1995 film but I think there are some things that it does better in terms of the the core characters I think you're more engaged with the heroes in the original than you are with this one but this has some great fights there's a lot of love and yeah I'm I'm definitely on board to you know to to watch more of it and I think even though it doesn't get into the tournament, I think it gives you enough of the fights of the mythology that it works. I put this, yeah, because I think I, you know, I said at the start to compare this to the first, you know, the other two films, the more combat and more combat annihilation. Don't talk this, about annihilation. Yeah. Well, this is way better. This is obviously better than annihilation, but it, for me, it's not as good as the first film because obviously I'm not the same age. It doesn't mean the same to me, but I also think, I know that the sequel to this won't be as bad as Annihilation. At least I hope it won't be. Mother. You're alive. Too bad you will die. And I think they got a lot of things right, they, but they've had a lot of time to prepare. I think it, the reason why I think the original still stands up, it's the original, first time giving it a go. Um, it was good, and when we reviewed it on Retro Ramble, we enjoyed and there's a lot of it that still works. And um, I think if you were to watch one film after another, you were like, okay, this, this more recent event, this more recent film is more, re- is more modern. It looks better. Um, it's slicker type thing, but it doesn't surpass the original. But they might, they might give us, I think, I think if they're going to get another film and maybe at least make a trilogy out of this, you, you could be a satisfied Mortal Kombat fan. Is what yeah. is what I'm feeling from what I've seen of this film. I think I think they've they've made a good start. If it's if it's a franchise, it's just one of those things you have to accept now. That yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a, a difficult one though. Uh, and I don't know if we talked about this previously because of the current situation, because it's been spread across this you know p- uh, premium video on demand and yeah, the simultaneous release. It's hard to tell if it's deemed as is you know has it washed its face has it been oh, trust me, the studios know the studios know exactly how many how much it's been but I, 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 know how much it's been pirated but they know how much it's been watched how much it's been downloaded how much no but i say i i i don't know i th- i'm assuming i think it's done fairly well you know considering yeah. and the the reviews weren't too i mean a, a very middling reviews but i don't think anyone's overly harsh on it and no one's slated it no i yeah. can say that i mean obviously i always do that before we cover a film i check we'll see what everyone else has said i just look at the the you know the ratings yeah nobody slated this this hasn't it's been majority reviews like 50 65 5 to 7 out of 10 not that we do numbers on this podcast but... um and and it seems like it's it's kind of split opinions uh, in the general public as well i've i've spoken to people that have really enjoyed it for, for what it is and then some people are just like oh no it's terrible but you know it's um i think it does a lot right if you're a fan of the games i think you will get some enjoyment out of yeah, it. going back to that five last five laugh test thing i mentioned earlier if you're a fan of more combat there is enough in this film to make it a worthwhile watch yeah especially um some of the fatalities so good to see those on screen Definitely. So yeah, that was a recent ramble uh, on more combat. 
2021. Uh, Retro Ramble will be back. George, can we let the listeners know what we're going to be covering on our on next episode? We, we just don't know when it's coming out. But anyway, stay tuned. Uh, thank you for listening. Anything else um, you mention? Uh, no, just, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. As always, you know, if you've got time, please leave us a, a review on your, your podcast platform of choice. Share with a friend, a, a like-minded soul, and, and get in touch if you have any thoughts, comments, or films you want us to cover. Or if your podcast platform has fallen into the nether realm, our blog is up there forever. It's retroramble.blog, and every single one of our episodes is up there to listen stream directly for free whenever you want so thank you for listening i've been charlie mckee i've been george mckee and we'll be back next time bye-bye bye-bye